This is Team Time, your weekly Q&A session to building better teams and leadership practices. This series of episodes is part of the Better Teams podcast, hosted by me, Vincent, and Max. Thank you for being here with us. Have a good listening. Hi, Max. Hi, Vincent. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What do you want us to talk about this week, Max? So this week, I would like to talk about uh, how to become a people manager and what is the typical path to becoming a people manager. In particular, the path that I know the most because uh, my background is really working with technical teams and uh, technical companies in different industries. is really the transition from being an expert to being a people manager. Okay, so from your experience, how would you describe this transition? Well, usually those transitions are not that planned, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Let's assume that you are part of an engineering team and the team has been, has been growing. So a lot of people have been hired and all of a sudden uh, the original manager find himself or herself uh, facing quite a big crowd. And as we always advise to our clients, you know, you shouldn't be managing yourself more than, let's say, six to, to nine people. You know, it's, it's too much in terms of, uh, you know, being there for them, being, being present for them. So typically you start splitting teams, right? And there is always this uh, sort of um, immediate choice that people see, you know, this immediate solution is that you take the most senior person in the group or in the existing team, so the most senior or the expert in the domain, and you ask that person to take on the new manager role. So that, that's the typical scenario that you see. So if I get you well, seniority plays a big role, a major role in selecting somebody for a leadership position. Well, yes, in this case, uh, seniority plays a really big role to the point that it can actually become dangerous. How so? When you're an expert, when you know the industry really well, or you know the product really well, or you know the team very well, or the customers, whatever the reason, you know, which brought you to that expertise level, you benefit from what we call instant credibility. And that is really what puts you on the spotlight and what makes you an obvious choice for, uh, for promotion to this people management role when the opportunity arises. So typically when the team has grown to a certain size. Now, the risk with that is uh, whatever made you become that expert whatever made you develop that expertise has nothing to do with um, being a good people manager. Those are two different things. You know, you could have become an expert in a very, very specific technical domain. And that's great. You're, you're very knowledgeable. You know everything about that. You might know every uh, influential people in the industry about that, but it doesn't make you a people manager. It's a totally different set of skills. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's perfectly possible and many people are capable of doing both, but it's not a given, right? So it cannot be the only criteria. And this instant credibility is often, often a risk in companies because very, very, very often we ask the expert or the most senior person in the team to become the team manager. It feels logical and usually it comes with, um, with little coaching because we assume since you know everybody and since you know the product, well, your uh, learning curve is, is done. Yeah. Could you elaborate a bit more on the risks specifically uh, related to overestimating this, um, this instant credibility? Well, typically, if you take the, the people aspect, I mean, your previous role in the expertise that you had, I mean, didn't really confront you with developing people, right? You were mostly an individual contributor. Even if you were senior and an expert, you could say that maybe you've been leading some, some initiatives about a specific topic, the development of people was never really your concern. 
maybe at some point you had a, an intern under you or maybe you were coaching or mentoring maybe a colleague that would be a very great start but often it's not the case so you're really unprepared for that and assuming that because you are a senior because you are an expert in the team you can now become a people manager again that's uh, that's just not enough It's not incompatible, not at all, but it's not enough. So we should not assume that what got you here will get you there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So And that's just one example, you know, the people management part. But that's a very big example because that's how you're going to have an impact on the team. And you can go even further. For instance, uh, people who've been in project management role, we see often an expert also having the, the hat of the project manager on a specific technical project. You know, it's different. It takes a different set of skills because on a project, the, the goal goal is very clear you know you need to deliver that product or or that service or, or whatever you know but it's clear you know it's that's the, the the reason of being for the for the project right it's deliver and to bring the project to an end you know within time budgets you know you name it right and quality but when it comes to leading a team and leading people you need to define this team goal together So it takes a different set of skills. It takes a different understanding of uh, maybe where the company wants to go, where the product has to go, you know. So it's a, it's a different set of skills that you need to develop. Again, not incompatible, but it has to be uh, worked on, you know. And this person has to be has to be coached to get there, you know. So just assuming that this person with his or her expertise built up so far will become a fantastic people manager it's a very yeah it's a dangerous assumption yeah and actually when we do coaching either one-to-one coaching or training like the training we have from expert to manager something you say every time is that expertise is not your friend and i think this message goes both ways for the experts and also for the, for the people willing to promote the expert Right. Yeah, because it's it's very counterintuitive, right? You know, you don't want to take away what made someone's uh, self confidence, right? You know, an expert is probably very self confident because you know there's years of uh, of expertise, you know, that that person has built, right? So of course it contributes to feeling well in in our statements, in our decisions, right? But the problem is that when you take on this new role, you need to find also this self confidence elsewhere. You know, you need to build it also together with the team, right? So what made you a very good individual contributor might not make you a fantastic impediment remover. You know, and that's for me the most important part as a, as a team manager. You know, you need to remove impediments which are in the way of your team's success, right? So finding a way to build upon your past self-confidence, building a new self-confidence in this new role, you know, you have to find a way there. So that, I think that's tricky for that person. And that's why, you know, if it's directly acknowledged by the N plus one, you know, so basically by the person who just promoted you, mm-hmm. it really helps, you know, saying, okay, uh, I trust you. You know, trust will never change. You know, you've build trust we've built trust you know you've contributed you know we trust you as an expert so that's great but now as a people manager you're gonna have to build a different kind of relation a different kind of of trust within the team you're gonna have you know all these things you know making this person aware that uh, you're in this situation because uh, there is this instant credibility there is no denying about it but it's not enough we need to build on more together a little bit of a side question here uh, but since you talk about building on what you've achieved i'm wondering if it's not a problem that too often the main way of developing is a vertical way of like going from being a contributor to managing other people and mm-hmm. there could be other ways more horizontal uh, to develop more horizontally from your expertise 
uh, without leading other people, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's perfectly right. It's especially true, yes, in, in, in technical companies. You know, when you're an engineer in a technical company, you see that the only development path for you is to go towards a management track. And that's very dangerous because, you know, you could be a fantastic contributor, you could become a great expert, you could become a great senior engineer, and there should be a lot of steps available to you, right? But often enough, it feels like you get limited, you know? This sort of glass ceiling is in place, you know? When uh, you're an engineer, you feel that uh, if you really want to grow in the company, you're going to have to eventually get out of the technical track and really go towards the management track. It really feels like that. In some companies, it's just it's just the case. Huh? Essentially, there's no development path. Once you become a senior engineer then you will just stay a senior engineer almost forever so to speak so you feel okay well if i want to grow more if i want to get more benefit whatever reason is you feel like you need to go towards project management or towards people management and that's really a pity because uh, you should be able to develop yourself within the technical track as well so a lot of companies are working on that i mean if you look at very very big organizations they have all kind of tracks but yeah more often than not you see that technical people will tend to at some point in time to go towards the management tracks especially young potentials I think there is some work to be done there. There is some work to be done there to value technical uh, technical knowledge, to value a career in a technical role, you know, an entire career there. There's no, no, there shouldn't be any problem with that. Do you have concrete examples or concrete advice to help organizations, companies to shift the way they consider promotion or promoting people to leadership roles and instead helping people to develop more horizontally from their expertise, their perspective? Well, if you take the case of, uh, let's say, a software career, right? You're a software engineer and, you know, you want to grow in that direction. I think a lot of companies, a lot of software engineers would like to stay software engineers and grow in that uh, in that domain, you know, so take on more challenges, new maybe programming language, new platforms, maybe, you know, changing the, the type of product they work on. But the problem is that in terms of valuing the role, in many companies, uh, we put a lot more emphasis on management tracks. And when I say emphasis, I mean also uh, financial rewards. So it feels like, you know, your salary will be capped if you stay in a technical role. So you tend to orient yourself towards the management track for the wrong reason. Because if the, if money is the only reason why you want to become a, a people manager, you got a problem. And your future team has a huge problem as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, what you should do instead is really as a company you know, make a deliberate decision to value technical roles and technical career track better. So yeah. really have development paths in that direction, coaching in that direction as well. I've worked in companies where a technical, you know, architect, so someone was really on the on the very top of the technical scale, you know, was valued just as much as a as a vice president, you know, on a management mm-hmm. track, you know, because this person was so knowledge, you know, valuable to the company as well. And becoming, you know, an authority in, in your domain, you know, recognized outside of the organization as well. This is priceless for the organization as well. So you should give this incentive to young engineers, you know, and show them, okay, this could be your career path and we will invest in you and you will also be properly rewarded. So you do not have to change your track to go towards people management or even project management for the wrong reasons. You're listening to the Better Teams podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoy it. If you like what Max and I discuss in this podcast, chances are that you will also find value in the training sessions we deliver, both on-site and online. And by the way, I'm really happy to tell you that you can now register to our first-time leading teams training session. 
This first-time leading team's training is our answer to empower first-time leaders and give them all the tips, the tools and knowledge they need to kickstart or reinforce their journey as a people manager. In each session, spots are limited to six participants to ensure a maximum of interaction and work as close as possible to the participants' management context. Leading team is hard, and doing it for the first time is even harder. It is an amazing experience when you get the proper coaching and support, and that's what we can provide. So don't wait, check out the upcoming training dates on our website entevals.com slash events, E-N-T-E-R-V-A-L-S dot com slash events. Now let's go back to our conversation. It's worth repeating that um, managing people shouldn't be a gift for high performance in your position. It's a role in itself. It's, a, it's an entirely different position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not gifting a team to someone because of uh, good performance as an individual contributor. You know, it doesn't make sense, right? You know, yeah. it has to, you need a lot more reasons for that. And uh, first of all, I mean, if I may, uh, the first reason should be a genuine interest in people. I think without this, it's very complicated. If you don't get any energy from people, that's complicated. And by the way, are you in favor of some kind of mixed solutions, like remaining an expert and starting to coach or lead people part-time or 20% of your time, for example, just see if you're good at it? As an expert, you need to coach people. I mean, I think if you want to be of any real value to the organization, you need to be coaching people, of course, within your domain of expertise. And I certainly hope that Within that process, you will enjoy this contact with, with people. You will enjoy making other people grow. Because the real problem you see in a lot of technical organizations is that experts, they like to kind of um, scavenge you know, their knowledge, right? You know, it's their stuff, right? It's their domain. And in some cases, it's even a form of job security. It's not that common. Huh? I mean, I'm saying it like this, but just it can happen, right? So you want to keep that knowledge for yourself. You know, you are the expert in the organization. So you don't maybe see the point of transferring that knowledge. And I think that's that's really wrong. So um, to your question, yes, you should really incentivize and motivate your expert to share knowledge and to coach other people, to mentor other people. That's very, very important. And if you notice that one of your experts is actually doing really well and enjoying himself or herself in that situation, in that scenario, then you okay, start to ask yourself, oh, maybe there is potential for that person to really become a people manager, you know? It has to be for the right reasons. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe a good bridge to that mm-hmm. could be could also be for um, giving someone first, let's say, project management responsibility, right? Because yeah. when you're responsible for a project, there is always a team associated to that project. So you're not responsible for the development of the career of these people because a project is uh, done on a, it's a finite amount of, of time. Huh? Although most of them are late, <laughs> it's yeah. still a finite amount of time. Usually you're in a kind of a matrix scenario, right? So the people working in your project have also a line manager, something like this, you know, depends on the organization. But what I want to say by that, it's not expected from you as the project manager to be the, um, the person who is going to coach people, you know, to develop their skills, you know, to bring them further in their career, right? There's yeah. this kind of temporary aspect of your role. But a lot of project managers actually subconsciously take that role, you know, of coaching people, of getting more involved with them. And usually those are the ones who are going to take on um, a people management role and later on, you know, for instance, lead a, a department or, or a division, something like that, because they found the interest there. Yeah. So this could be uh, an interesting path, I think, uh, 
um, it's a bit of a lighter path. Leading projects, especially a big project, is very difficult, time-consuming. It can be, you know, uh, very complex and you know, it leads to also a lot of burnout, you know, that's for sure. So it's absolutely not an easy role. It's not an easy, an easy path, you know. I'm not saying it's an easier path to people management, but it's a first taste of uh, whether you enjoy having an impact on people. Yeah. And I think that's that's worth investigating for someone who's, who's been showing great uh, technical leadership. Mm-hmm. You could think, okay, maybe that person could take on a project. And then you will see within that project, which kind of interaction that person can have with the team, which kind of impact, you know, because if you deliver a project on time, on budget and uh, with the right quality, so, you know, on target, basically, yeah. and the team is burned out and never want to work with you ever again, I think you lost, you know what I mean? Yeah. What can we say to organizations to help them better facilitating this transition from expert to manager and and who should get involved in the transition? I mean, it depends on the size of the organization, of course, but um, obviously, I mean, the N plus plus two in that case, you know, I mean, the direct man. The direct manager to that potential manager I should get involved. Uh, I would also involve the HR business partner. You know, that's for sure in terms of in terms of, of people, right? But um, it's more about the conversation. You know, it's more about the conversation. So if you're a direct manager and your team is has been growing too fast or has been growing a lot, and you need to appoint someone to take on part of the team, for instance, or split the team, something like this. You know, really have the conversation with that expert that you had in mind. You know. Don't present it as, okay, this is your chance to grow in your organization. There should be other chances and other ways to grow in your organization. Never present it as, okay, this is the opportunity of a lifetime if you want to get a promotion, right? Because if you present it like this, you can be sure that the person will take the job, you know, not wanting to, to miss out on the opportunity, but it's going to be for the wrong reasons, right? So my advice to the person who's about to appoint an expert to a people management role is really to discuss the why is that of interest to that person really look at okay what made you trust that person more than someone else you know are those reasons related to the people skills that this person has or is it uh, solely related on past achievement as an individual contributor within his or her field of expertise so really pay attention to that and for that you know involving your hr colleagues depending on how far is hr involved in your organization because it really varies from companies to companies but really asking that to yourself and then to that person be really open about it because if you present it as okay hey there is an opportunity i need to split the team you've been here the longest so it makes sense that it's you you know (laughs) you create this kind of fear of missing out in the person and very soon that person actually might might be miserable right because that person will have to lead former colleagues former friends Uh, it's very likely that uh, that person will still carry the baggage from the previous expertise so actually this person will end up doing both. And there's this subconscious bias which makes you as a, as the manager think that this person will deliver just as good as before, right? This person was such a good expert. That's why I promoted her or him in this position. And now they are, you know, not doing so well. You know? yeah. So it's a bias. Yeah, yeah, actually, when you are appointed, you've been selected. You you have an interest in becoming a leader, a leader obviously. Uh, so once you've been appointed, it's really important to be coached, actually, I think, by somebody either from outside or inside the company because you're going to get a lot of pressure to perform right away, right? I mean, it's, that's, there's this kind of pressure on your shoulder. Absolutely. And there is also the risk that, you know, when things become difficult, you know, when you pick up the role and everything, and here I only give the scenario where, you know, the, t- the team has grown and you need to split the team, but it can also be that uh, it's an existing team 
and the previous manager left, right? And so you have to pick up that. So it means also that you need to pick up whatever was pending for that person. And there is never a clear cut, you know, when you grow in your organization, right? So you will still carry that baggage that you had, like I said. So this person really needs to be helped in taking this role because when things will get difficult, this person will always have a tendency to go back to what gave him or her self-confidence, which is in that case, technical skills, right? So when the team is feeling, you know, overwhelmed, there's too much work and everything, instead of acting as an impediment remover, so basically making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed, you know, you will probably sit with the team and start doing your old job, right? Thinking that you can actually move the needle, you know, help them by doing the work yourself. And that's complicated. That's complicated because that's not the best way you can help your team in that moment, Mm. you know? And it becomes, if it becomes a habit, then you will end up doing really boss, boss jobs. So yeah, we need to be careful with that. Before we continue, I just want to say to listeners, uh, if you're in that scenario and you're wondering, you have questions like how to be accepted by the team, uh, how to make sure that uh, people are committed uh, or how, to, how, to, how can I build trust with my new team we have episodes about that specifically episode 1, 2 and 3 so we can't develop it again extensively but you can go and listen to them what would you say to an expert who would come to you because he or she took on this route of becoming a people manager recently and is now struggling what would be your tips to that expert? well the very first thing is, is to understand why that person is struggling you know because the famous saying from Marshall Goldsmith, uh, what got you here won't get you there, is very true in this situation because an expert was promoted to that position most likely because of years of experience, because of knowing the product, also because of skills, and of course, I mean, uh, also potentially people's skills. But let's assume that uh, you were mostly promoted because of this instant credibility which was given by your years of experience and expertise on the system. There it's very important to understand that uh, this won't be enough and actually you will have to build new skills which are mostly unrelated. So maybe the first thing I would say is, okay, confess your limitations to the team. Pick a topic, maybe uh, not a very high stake topic where you can just say, hey, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing there, but I'm sure we can figure this out together. You know, so it doesn't have to be the biggest topic, you know, which is addressed, but start with small topics where you're willing to confess that. And I think this authenticity will help you get accepted in the team in this new role. And for yourself, you will also understand that, okay, you don't need to have all the answers anymore. You might be an expert in the domain, but you're certainly not an expert at people management. You're just starting. And with that, I would add that, you know, asking questions is very, very important. You know, I would say avoid asking stupid questions, you know, without, you know, questions which uh, lack intelligence and common sense, but asking more naive questions, you know, naive questions are, have something good about them. Because, you know, you clearly say, okay, well, I don't know about this topic and I would like your opinion on that. There's a very big difference between stupid questions and naive questions. And the last thing I would advise is to challenge more, you know, within the team, you know, try to do a lot less. Because a bad reflex that we carry on as an expert when we get into a people management position is that we try to compensate by sitting together with the team and doing the work with them, this exact same work that you were doing as an expert. And unfortunately, by doing that, of course, you volunteer your time. So yeah, you might bring the task 
faster to completion, but what you could have contributed as, a, as the manager in removing impediments for the rest of the team, this won't be happening anymore because you are you know, already diving deep in the topic. So you need to understand that um, you can do a better job at enabling the team rather than as being an extra set of hands in that problem. So these would be the, the tips I would give to that person. But the most important of all those tips is really to, um, yeah, to find a way to confess your limitations, you know, be open about it. I mean, no one will expect that you're good to go right away, you know, I mean, it's, it's a complex role. So you may as well say it to the team. It doesn't mean that you need to look insecure and look like, okay, guys, I'm panicking, I don't know what to do. No, no, just explain, okay, on this very topic, honestly, I don't know. But I'm counting on you guys that we can come to an answer together. And I will make sure that with my new responsibilities, I can remove whatever is in the way so that we can implement that. So these will be the tips. I hope this helps. And if you have any questions about this topic or any other topic which could be helpful for first-time managers, just let us know. Hit us in the comments or send us an email. And don't forget to subscribe. Yep. Okay. Um, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Max. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Team Time episode of the Better Teams podcast. One last word from me to invite you to go to the YouTube channel simply called Better Teams with Max and Vince. Go check out our videos. There is additional original content there. And remember to subscribe. It's very important. That way you can help our content to reach and help more people. Thanks a lot. I'll be seeing you on YouTube then and in the next episode.